Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Daily Thunder, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo, but we have an entirely winning week, including back-to-back wins against the Brooklyn Nets and overtaking the second seed in the Eastern Conference oh so briefly. However, uh, as it stands as of Sunday, May 9th, um, that's right. That's right, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And also, happy birthday to my dear father, Dale Zanskis, Big Diesel. Happy birthday, big guy. And shout out to all the moms out there. Uh, I know listeners might be thinking how tough it may be that my dad uh, has to, uh, from time to time, share a birthday with Mother's Day. But I assure you, we make it work. And uh, shout out... uh, my dad, Dale, there uh, for being a real one. Um, but yeah, anyhow, <laughs> back to the basketball. Bucks are just a half game as of recording today on Mother's Day and Dale Day. Um, and uh, if we take care of business, business tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs, we will again hold that second seed um, and... And we do hold the tiebreaker against both the 76, 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, kind of funny, I believe as of my last recording last week, I um, have to eat a bit of crow in saying that the Bucks are stuck in that second seed, although I definitely did not foresee the Nets going on a four-game losing streak. Meanwhile, the Bucks have won the past five in a row, and the Sixers, however, have won the past eight, according to NBA.com. So naturally, with with uh, yeah, with all that unpredict, all those unpredictable losses there for the Nets, coinciding with those wins for both the 76ers and the Bucks, the the top of the Eastern Conference landscape has switched a bit. Before, I know last week the one of the two seeds were only separated by a half game. Now it's the two and the three. It's, two and the three seed who are only separated by a half game. I will risk again eating crow next week and saying that uh, with even fewer games left, I would not hold out hopes for the Bucks taking the number one seed. But um, I, th- I think having home court advantage in the playoffs uh, would certainly have some meaning to it, even with, uh, even with there being less of a crowd at this point. Um, yeah, so Bucks fans have a lot to be happy with um, this past week. And without further ado, I think I'll jump into a little bit of the game action here. Of course, starting out with the first of the two wins uh, for the Bucks against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the last last Sunday afternoon, uh, May 2nd, was the 
Giannis Antetokounmpo game where he went off for a season-high 49 points. Um, and Kevin Durant also scored upwards of 40 points himself. The Bucks ended up winning 117 to 114. Um, I'd say the the biggest kind of takeaway here was Giannis's display of of even more diversity in his offensive skill set, showing that he can knock down uh, open jumpers, um, hopefully at a more consistent level. I don't think we'll expect the same shooting output from here on out, but, um, you know, there was definitely throughout this game, uh, DeAndre Jordan, who was mainly checking him throughout this entire contest, was certainly started playing him differently after Giannis saw a few threes go in and uh, Giannis was able to hit him with some hesitations once DJ would close down on him and then, and then get those open looks closer to closer to the basket that we're, that we're more familiar with. So if, if the Nets, like we've seen from other teams want to um, game plan to have Giannis go one-on-one, they're entitled to do so, but, uh, we're happy to see that Giannis is able to take advantage of that, as he should, being a back-to-back MVP. Um, and then the second game that I will also get to in a moment, um, it was it was played a little. It was uh, Giannis himself was played a little bit more different. The Nets were bringing uh, a bit more help onto Giannis, but he he still uh, showed showed out with 36 points in that next contest. Uh, but not going to jump the gun there. I'll start out with with game one. Last Sunday, Bucks starters were uh, Drew, Dante, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke to the Nets. Uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, uh, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan. Jumping out there is that James Harden has been out for an extended period of time, including this entire week. Um, so, I mean, it's I don't think even though the Nets have lost the past Four without Harden, I still don't think uh, Nets fans are particularly concerned. You know, I don't, I don't think that that they're concerned about their, you know, postseason hopes, even if they are missing one of those three stars, because that's precisely why they went out and got Harden in the first place. Is almost insurance um, for one of those other two, because all these guys do have somewhat of an injury history, ironically. Harden's probably the most healthy of of the big th- of the Nets' big three at this point, but yeah, I I I would still be concerned with with the Nets if we were to go up against them, even with only two of the three headed monsters. And to start out with, uh, in this game, Giannis would open up the contest with that enormous alley oop from Chris Middleton over Kevin Durant. Um, and Chris would also light it up early with eight points in the first seven minutes. Um, Kevin Durant would follow Drew Holiday early as well, but he'd only knock down one of three. Kevin Durant would also have his pass intercepted by Pat Connaughton, but then um, the Bucks wouldn't wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to make uh, the Nets and Kevin Durant pay on that turnover um, as. Uh, as the Bucks would uh, would fail to convert in transition, um, whereas on the other end, Blake Griffin would convert an and one to close the first quarter. Chris Middleton would would splash home a three, but after one, the Bucks were still down um, twenty eight to thirty seven to the Nets. Chris Middleton leading the way with twelve points, and DeAndre Jordan with seven points with uh, with an all around effort from the rest of the Nets in that first quarter. Uh, we'd see more of. Giannis showing his immense pre- presence, stuffing DeAndre Jordan, and then knocking down one only one or two free throws after Jordan would follow him on the next end. But then Kevin Durant would match Giannis with a drive and a three-pointer on consecutive offensive possessions, leading to a Mike Boonholzer turnover, or <laughs> turnover, timeout, part of my game notes. Um, and the Bucks would come out of that timeout um, hot for forcing... Um, forcing two Nets turnovers, uh, displaying a bit of aggression there, including Giannis with a, with a mid-range J and, and a slam, although Kyrie would respond with a finish in traffic, um, and Jeff T would come in 
come in showing his steadiness and uh and driving towards the basket for two and then um to start the third quarter Giannis would knock down back-to-back uh jumpers and then Kevin Durant would hit hit a three-pointer but Giannis would respond with one of his own and a dunk before a Kyrie Irving fade away um and then we'd see Giannis again uh, with his more diverse skill set here matching Kyrie there with a fadeaway jumper of his own before a Kevin Durant three. And Giannis also um, showed a bit of his headiness with a cut uh, off ball for a lay-in and then a steal, a Giannis steal and a dish to Bryn Forbes on the three. Um, zooming out a bit here, we saw... Um, P.J. Tucker got uh, a third quarter uh, fourth personal foul on Kevin Durant here. And I feel like just in general, these past two games were um, were a was kind of a perfect example of, of how important P.J. Tucker may be for this team, especially um, when we hopefully make a deep playoff run. Um, I feel like I might have been somewhat alone here on this and you know, being a little conservative with my Bucks takes as as I may be going on the record now as I do um, with the P.J. Tucker trade. Obviously, it took us some time to find Jeff Teague, and we were perhaps rightfully so pessimistic on what kind of contributions he could bring as a as a steady backup point guard. He has shown that, um, but even if Jeff Teague wouldn't have impressed as much as he has so far, um, just having another guy other than Chris Middleton, Giannis, or Drew, and P.J. Tucker to check Kevin Durant um, is extremely valuable, especially in this instance where he picks up a bunch of fouls. Um, if nothing else, I heard people say that he's that he's an extra six fouls that we can that we can throw at Kevin Durant because um, we know no one's going to stop Kevin Durant, just like no one's going to stop uh, Giannis. But but if we want to, in this case, you know, take take a take home a three point um win here we're, we're gonna we're gonna need to throw as much as we can at kevin durant and slow him down despite him going for 40 in this one um yeah anyhow um back to some of the action here we'd see jeff green try to poster brooke lopez but then brooke himself would would block um Kyrie. something you don't see much as Kyrie, one of the best ball handlers and finisher especially at that point guard spot that this league has ever seen. This is another big Brook week. I'd be remiss if I didn't point that out, being the Brook stan uh, that I am. Um, pardon me, some of our bigger name guys kind of showed up a bit more than Brook in these marquee matchups at the beginning, but but we'd see we'd see a little more from from Book from Brook leaning on him more against some lesser opponents. Um, obviously, obviously, we had some fun with him against the Rockets in our rematch there, but I'll get to that after, after this one here. Um, you know, we'd see Kevin Durant knocking down, knocking down another three. And then some steadiness also from drew holiday with a drive, the drive and finish in traffic. Um, Landry Shamit, um, a big guy off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, another Testament to their depth there, knocking down a corner, um, Knocking down a corner three, but then Giannis would um, would give it back on on the other end with a uh, with a free with a free throw line jumper again. Um, but then into the fourth quarter, um, the Nets would continue to keep it close with Landry Shamit and Blake Griffin three pointer, and Kyrie Irving step back two. Uh, but then uh, Chris Middleton would would make a four point play. And Dante DiVincenzo would uh, block Kevin Durant as well. Uh, Dante was really was really good in in these two games. He might have been a little more quiet naturally, as I mentioned. Our big three was stepping up in this big contest here, but um, you know we can't ask too much of too much of Dante um, other than fill, filling in the any natural gaps that may come our way and just. You know, defend, defending his guy and having some strong help defense there, like he did against Kevin Durant. Um, Blake Griffin would also 
um, draw a charge on Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think Blake Griffin is among some of the league leaders in uh, charges drawn this year, but certainly something we've we've seen uh, happen against Giannis there. Chris Middleton would get, would get a steal late in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, and that would lead to a uh, Giannis three. Um, PJ Tucker would also strip Kyrie Irving, um, and then Giannis would uh, knock down two free throws, which is a refreshing sight there after Kevin Durant reaches on him before KD comes back on the other end and pulls up from mid-range. Then, of course, uh, PJ would, would be whistled for his fifth foul on Kevin Durant. We'd also, I'm sure many, many saw uh, a bit of jawing back and forth between PJ Tucker and Kevin Durant. Um, nothing more wholesome than seeing clips of, of Kevin Durant actually being cordial on the basketball court more so than he is online, apparently. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure those guys are familiar with each other. I think they're both Texas guys and... You know, been in the league about the same amount of time they're battled against each other playing in the playoffs. But um, yeah, respect there on both sides uh, for their respective skill sets. Um, although Giannis would continue to go right at Blake Griffin, as obviously no surprise to anyone, the Nets struggle to have have um, enough size to really combat Giannis there. At least they have DeAndre Jordan, but realistically him him as their best uh option on Giannis is really barbecue chicken for him and then however in that same vein Kevin Durant would come back on the other end splashing a three over Pat Connaughton um but then uh back on offense uh Drew Holiday would would grab an offensive rebound and kick it out to Pat for three as well Pat really big in these contests as well, coming off the bench, really proving his doubters wrong when um, he's kind of been, I don't know, I'd say miscast with, with too big of a role at times in some of these big games, obviously pointing to some of those Miami Heat uh, playoff matchups, but but he's really been, um, you know, part of that bright spot in our, uh, in our really strong bench unit there, and certainly probably our more yeah i mean easily our most versatile uh guy off the bench who we can who we can throw in to in for some important fourth quarter minutes emphasis on some there we'll probably see more of pj tucker in a closing unit that's probably what many bucks fans would prefer to see as opposed to a pat Connaughton. um there's also another one of the big plays in this game which uh drew some uh, criticism on the Bucks was Kevin Durant uh, just blowing right right past Chris Middleton. Um, I hmm, I forget if this is an and one. I believe he might have actually failed failed to convert there and and knocked down two free throws after getting fouled eventually. But Chris Middleton found himself on an island against Kevin Durant. Um, you know, I mean, it's not the most egregious thing considering that Chris Middleton is is a pretty good match for for KD just size wise. Um, you know, as close as close as you can get on the perimeter. <laughs> as far as someone who can, who has who has quite a bit of length, but it can also move laterally with Kevin Durant for the most part. But still, it's Kevin Durant, similar to Giannis. So you're going to need to bring some help against that guy. Um, but then Chris would would respond with with a tough step back three late in the fourth quarter. Obviously, Chris, the king of uh, knocking down difficult shots that. That will make fans sweat until we see it go through the basket. Um, and then again, late in this one, part of what made this afternoon game uh, so exciting was highlights like these late where Giannis would would have a rare block on Kevin Durant, something you don't see often. Kevin Durant uh, being, being a seven-foot upright shooter, not a shot that gets blocked much, but like I just mentioned with Chris, Gian- with Chris Middleton, Chris Giannis, Chris Middleton being a... Being about as perfect a match for Kevin Durant on the perimeter, um, you know, I mean, I would probably actually prefer Chris on Kevin Durant for the most part, just just due to um, Giannis not being the best at moving laterally on defense, especially against Kevin Durant, but on help, um, he's probably the one guy maybe that you would want contesting a uh, 
a Kevin Durant shot there and another picturesque block there, just like that LeBron uh, block in the All-Star game uh, a couple years ago. So a little more excitement late, um, although Kyrie Irving would also hit a big three. And uh, and then also Kyrie would would uh, would would hit another difficult layup late to keep it close. Obviously, only that three point winning margin there, but um, but Giannis would also have a have a pump fake and then and then a step through uh, for two to to ice it before that Kyrie Irving layup. As Chris Middleton and Kevin Durant both miss um, a couple difficult threes, I believe KD's was was at the buzzer there contested. Uh, quite well from Chris, but but KD get, did did get the ball with a pretty a pretty good luck. Um, you know, I would I think Chris was kind of defending him uh, from the left side of his body, but but uh, yeah, KD still got a pretty good look um, op- open from you know his right side his 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 shooting arm. So um, I guess not the most perfect defense on Kevin Durant there, and that's really what we need, but. Uh, Still, if he's fading away from from DP on the three point line, even though it's Kevin Durant, I didn't get the most nervous there, um, as we still had that three three point lead that we held on to. Um, by the end there, as mentioned, the Bucks took it home one seventeen to one fourteen, uh, and then Giannis, of course, with that season high forty nine points um, to go along with uh, Kevin Durant's forty plus output himself. And then, of course, uh, Tuesday we would have our second battle against against the Brooklyn Nets. Definitely going into this week, I um, I really thought I would have I would have been reaching, thinking that we we could take home both ga- both games against the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, we know the output there. Uh, the Bucks won one twenty four to one eighteen in honor of Jim Patchkey's retirement. That's right, um, folks. Um, Jim Patchkey, an absolute um, Milwaukee broadcasting legend, hanging it up after 35 uh, years. I know he's he's one of the most iconic figures in Bucks basketball. It's going to be hard for me to imagine um, not watching a Bucks game and hearing his voice, um, as I have, you know, for for years, and you know, ever since ever since really becoming a, a huge um, Bucks fan and general NBA fan, of course, all, all growing up, but especially getting to college and being able to attend more games and finding more friends who are Bucks fans. Um, you know, you, as all Bucks fans, you, you developed a, you develop a special place in your heart for Jim there. Um, and yeah, to, I guess to sum it up, Jim Patchkey's synonymous with uh, Bucks basketball. So, not not to not to be too much of a downer, because of course uh, we should really really be celebrating the fact that that Jim did as much that he did, and and now he can he can enjoy this next chapter of his life uh, in retirement. I mean, to to have a job like that, obviously, I'm pretty jealous sitting here in the seat that I am, but but. Uh, yeah, every every everyone deserves to enjoy that that uh, post career retirement life. So we're really happy for Jim after after all that he's done uh, here, as he has a banner hanging, I believe, along with uh, uh, John McLaughlin for 30, 30 years now, thirty five for Jim, but thirty years of broadcasting service between Jim and Jim and John McLaughlin, of course, a Bucks great in his own right. Um, we also got to see. See a, a precious interview before this game between uh, Giannis and Jim, just reflecting on Jim's career and their relationship. Um, I know Jim shared a story about uh, him being able to introduce uh, his mother to Giannis and how his his Jim's mother is just over the moon over over being able to meet Giannis on Kumpa. That showing uh, how much how much of an effect Giannis has on on everybody, even. Even someone whose son is a Buck celebrity in his own right, um, Jim also shared that um, you know his decision to retire wasn't an e- well. No, it's the opposite. Actually, he said it wasn't. It was an easy decision, given the fact that um, the motivation came from Jim's son, recently married, 
called Jim um, during the pandemic, probably around the time of NBA bubble action, asking Jim to hang it up and enjoy retirement and be able to to probably have some more family time like like anybody would want in retirement. Uh, Giannis also has a quote on there that we shouldn't latch onto too much that that if if his son William were to ask him to retire, um, he would he would probably do so the next day. Bucks fans obviously don't don't be too concerned there. Um, I doubt I doubt uh, William's first word uh, will be will be retire, but um, but yeah, obviously uh, Giannis will have plenty of time to enjoy his enjoy his extended retirement once he, once he makes his millions and and brings home a couple Larry, o, Larry O'Briens and has a statue uh, built for him by yours truly outside of Fiserv Forum. But yeah, just kind of a kind of a light way to finish that there. Obviously, it'll it'll be sad to to not hear Jim on the broadcast, but but um but Jim also wasn't alone in in this amazing crew that we've had along on the broadcast and obviously Marcus Johnson um, a legend in many ways for the Bucks, but also having Steve Novak, a local guy and former NBA player, is is, um, is a privilege. And then Zora Stevenson, hopefully she sticks around as well. Um, we've seen obviously others and others in her position not stick around too long, but uh, but her her relationship with Jim has has really been highlighted. Hopefully that's a sign that we'll see a little less turnover in that regard. All right, I'll get back to a little little bit of Bucks action here. Obviously, we have our second uh, Nets game to cover. We got to see the same starters on both sides for the, both the Bucks and the Nets. Obviously, Harden still out here. Um, it was it was a bit of a slower start for the Bucks in this one. Like I had mentioned, the the Nets were providing a little bit more help on Giannis after his 49-point uh, output. Um, but, you know, Giannis is still still going to get to his spots after Bucks miss a couple bunnies, but Giannis would hit a three early again here. And then Brooke would, would have another block on Kyrie, just like he did in, did in the game prior, really showing his value there to to any uh, doubting Bucks fans. And then Giannis would... would uh, would have another and one in the first quarter. Like I mentioned with that slow, um, initial slow start there for the Bucks after uh, after a couple Giannis baskets. Um, however, the Nets would take the lead back after uh, Jeff Green hits a, th- after Jeff Green knocks down a three. Um, definitely something that we do see as Giannis uh, gets, gets a little eager and antsy. Um, Playing help defense, he sometimes does leave uh, guys like Jeff Green and in that Heat series, like uh, Frank Madden, locked on Bucks point out Jay Crowder too. Just that, you know, just that underwhelming, um, <laughs> uh, you know, theoretical three point uh, shooting um, power forward there in Green and in that case before Jay Crowder that Giannis. Uh, Tends to leave a little too wide open, trying to overhelp. But uh, Jeff Green, it wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't a name that we were too too concerned about killing us there. Um, and Giannis would also respond with with another first quarter three, and also bullying uh, Blake Griffin for two uh, there. Then as we get into the second quarter, Giannis would would have uh, more to say with eight straight points, including a mid ranger a three. And an and one. Um, however, KD would would then draw a charge on him. But um, there again um, is is an example of Giannis showing showing that um, I don't want to jump the gun and, and label him as a as a three level shooter, but he's progressing towards that and uh, you know making making defenders play him in different ways. And um, you know if 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 Giannis is able to to keep the defense uh, guessing a bit more, he'll be able to he'll he'll be able to uh, be more successful in his finding finding the spots that that he truly likes under the basket. Um, 
and then Chris Middleton would would knock down a couple threes as uh, as Kyrie Irving would would knock one down himself in between those two uh, Chris threes, um, and then Brooke, uh, Bryn Forbes off the bench would come in and knock down a couple threes in short order as well. Um, however, Giannis uh, did have some foul trouble in this one, which. Um, you know, probably would have to do with him slowing down a slight bit there early on compared to compared to his hot start and also his huge output in game one. But Bud would throw him out there with three fouls uh, in the second quarter, although the Bucks had to lead. Uh, Bud really uh, playing a risky game there, but I guess he played his cards right after all as we'd get... Um, yeah, I don't think... Yeah, this definitely... <laughs> The Wizards game coming, we definitely had had a ton of foul trouble, but in this one, the the Bucks were able to stick around for the majority of and play play their usual rotations. Um, and then into the third quarter, Giannis would knock down his fourth three. That's right, fourth three, and that's where um, he he would again start uh, getting some respect on uh, DeAndre Jordan from the three point line. Uh, getting him to bite on a bite on a bite on a hesitation and, and allowing more drives for Giannis. It's um, exactly what I was what I was getting at before in Giannis being able to show he can score in other ways and uh, getting the looks that he truly uh, wants under the basket. Uh, Drew Holiday would also provide some help as well, uh, knocking down a couple couple threes. Uh, the second in this case being a step back. Um, as Joe Harris uh, sinks a three himself, and uh, and KD does what he does and attacks the rim, and uh, Giannis would get fouled and knock down two free throws as um, the Bucks were getting a pretty pretty friendly whistle, I must say. In this one, they were in the bonus um, for the third quarter. Um, yeah, for the last seven minutes of the third quarter, the Bucks were were in the bonus. Uh, Obviously, um, allowing the Bucks to be a little more aggressive on offense as, as Giannis gets a drive uh, past Blake Griffin. Um, later on, we would see see a bit more nastiness from from Blake. Um, you know, we'd see a lot of him talking to talking to the refs, uh, expressing his displeasure, and then. Um, Though I'm jumping the gun here, he and Bobby Portis would also get into it a bit, um, not really jawing at each other or anything, just a little bit of bit of friendly uh, friendly competition and physicality, uh, which would which would lead to um, a couple of technical free throws, um, and then uh, Blake also uh, getting to sent to the line for a couple um, made free throws himself after a Kyrie Irving three. Uh, Chris would really come on himself uh, going into the fourth quarter here um, with an and one responding to a Blake Griffin corner three. And then, um, of course, Giannis would stick around himself. Um, you know, as as more help would would uh, would come for him, he'd be able to find uh, Brooke Lopez on a lob. Um, and then an unlikely contributor as well for the Nets was uh, Mike James. I know he's... Uh, you know he he had a uh, he had an NBA stint before I believe with the Phoenix Suns played over played overseas a lot and even and even uh, and even played a bit for uh, uh, our friends at the basketball tournament too. So um, Mike James really playing all over the globe here and in this instance uh, really performing well off the bench uh, for the Nets being being a steady hand for them and a facilitator in the absence of James Harden, um, but Dante Divincenzo. Would also show some activity himself, um, in, in a sidekick role here, getting getting a getting a put back after a Bucks miss, and then uh, Giannis would also find him uh, on a cut. Um, but Dante would would also send Jeff Green to the free throw line, being a little over aggressive as he is at times. But uh, Green's not someone you're necessarily uh, too afraid to set in a line as he only knocks down um, one, but. Mike James again with an e- with an easy layup, uh, not not getting not getting a ton of respect naturally from the Bucks on defense, but also making them pay. Uh, yeah, really impressed with Mike James, I must say. But uh, 
you know, there reason, there's a reason the Bucks weren't weren't playing him too close there. Uh, bigger fish to fry, I suppose, and uh, Katie and uh, Kyrie. And then, as I said, Chris Chris would really uh, provide that spark that he does in in the biggest moments, as as our uh, you know our reliable uh, number two option or, or one of our two number two options, I suppose, uh, sinking back to back two point baskets for a Giannis and one, and Chris would also uh, strip Kevin Durant before uh, knocking down a runner off the glass. Um, just like Chris Middleton, Chris would also, or just like Chris Middleton, Kyrie would would pull up for for a tough mid range jumper. Um, but Giannis would find Dante again here in the fourth quarter, making his presence uh, known and showing that the Nets can't entirely fall asleep fall asleep on him like the Bucks did with Mike James, as I had mentioned. Giannis finding him for another cut there for a basket. Uh, Bruce Brown, another guy, as I mentioned. Um, well, I mentioned uh, not too much of, of Joe Harris, but th- those two guys um, and kind of their secondary roles, roles being able to to be really productive next to the, the Nets stars as Kyrie hits a three late and uh, um, Chris would respond with, a, with another bucket uh, on a floater. And Joe Harris, as I mentioned, a little bit quiet in these contests, but he would hit a late corner three before Giannis would convert a couple free throws. Um, and then really the icing on the cake here was Drew Holiday. Um, I know Chris was getting a lot of shine late in this second Nets contest, but Drew Holiday, um, doing Drew Holiday things would strip none other than Kyrie Irving, as I mentioned, maybe the best ball handler of all time. But um, still, Drew can, if Drew catches anybody slipping, he can he can make them lose the ball, as he did here at the worst time for the Nets, as the Bucks finish off the Nets 124 to 118. Giannis ended up with a cool uh, 36 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, and Kyrie, uh, leading scorer for both sides, with uh, pardon me, 38 points, three rebounds, and five assists. Uh, you know, really, he and Chris Middleton showed up particularly late here, but um, luckily Giannis got to got to avoid that foul trouble and stick around. Uh, Stick around to help us out and secure that that second win of the Nets back to back. Before I get into before I get into the other two games of this week's match, I like to share a word from our returning sponsor in Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respect in a respective sport. So if you're like me, a little obsessive about one sport, uh, but casual in another, like in my case, um, with the NFL, um, you only have to choose five out of 10 player prop options to build uh, your lineup, even as a casual. I think <laughs> I think to at least to even be considered a casual, you, sh- you should be able to do, um, you should at least be able to choose these five out of 10 player props to, to um to build your ideal lineup, each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over/under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Naturally, you want to rack up the most points to win a share of the player prize pool. Thrive has awarded over 2.2 million dollars since launching in 2018, and they even guaranteed they even had fifty thousand dollars guaranteed for for a single uh, uh, late regular season week of the NFL season and they have uh, given out thousands more since the return of the NBA to take advantage of this you may use promo code Giannis that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S when you sign up today you receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more Uh, you may download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or you can visit them at their website www.thrivefantasy.com sign up and prop up today all right, so we made it through, um, obviously, the two biggest matches of this week, the two wins against the, the Brooklyn Nets, but let's not, let's not let that uh, totally, um, I guess, outshine the fact that we also had 
an entirely winning week here, taking care of business against um, the both the red hot Washington Wizards, which um, I know Lockdown Bucks said was really a clear uh, schedule loss, perhaps. But um, even without Chris Middleton in this one and all that foul trouble that I alluded to before the Bucks would take home a one-point victory, 135 to 134. That's how most uh, Washington Wizards contests um, look here. And uh, obviously we did uh, get redemption against uh, the Houston Rockets there uh, with their zombie lineup. There are only eight total players uh, available for them. But in this Wizards matchup without Chris Middleton, Bucks starters were Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, P.J. Tucker and Brooke Lopez, um, whereas the Nets here, apparently, um, I mean, they, they definitely have injuries themselves, too. There was no Rui Hachimura. Um, I don't believe there was any Denny Avdia. And yeah, I mean, they definitely have had some some trades and some additions, so it's hard for me off the top of my head to think of anyone else who whom, uh, whom I maybe did not see in this one, but... Um, yeah, namely that Rui Hachimura. Um, I mean, we can't we can't give everybody a look for for certain awards, but I think if there was there was like an all most improved team, let's say not to be annoying and come up with with awards. I feel like this is an especially annoying awards season. But uh, Rui Hachimura, I feel like, is one of one of the more improved players uh, in this league. Of course, a young talent, so it's natural to see some progression there, but. Yeah, I thought he had some really good games against against the Bucks earlier this year, and he's he's really shown that he can be, um, he he can be someone who can put up who can put up twenty points in a game. Maybe not every night, but you know, in the event that there are uh, some absences, uh, Ru- Rui is Rui is someone um, who I think the Wizards could look to to fill in any holes. But nevertheless. Um, Bucks would start out with a Brook Lopez corner three and Dante finding Giannis on a cut. Giannis off ball there, but then Giannis would be whistled for an early uh, offensive foul call. Uh, just the, the beginning of of the many whistles that we would see in this one. Dante again here knocking down a couple threes, one on the left wing and one he was also fouled uh, beyond beyond the arc there. So. Perhaps the whistle went both ways, but but uh, naturally you you more so notice the ones against uh, your own side. But good for Dante um, here, really really uh, putting his stamp on this game as as uh, we really got the most that we could that we could bargain uh, for with our with our big stars um, in those two games against the Nets. So um, yeah. Well-received contributions from Dante. As we get into the second quarter, we'd see some more help from, from uh, you know, from our sidekicks here with uh, Pat Connaughton in deep three, and then a dunk after filling the lane in transition uh, before Bradley Beal uh, and one. Uh, another welcome sight there, seeing an active Pat Connaughton and uh, killing a team that, that obviously isn't known for defense. Uh, Albert Davis Bertans would would uh, sink a three as he does uh, before a Jeff Teague responds with a three himself. And Russell Westbrook would pull up for a mid-range job sh- jump shot as he's known to, uh, sticking stick the middle finger up to analytics, uh, <laughs> obviously, but uh, Dante DiVincenzo would, would hit a three himself. Then we would get um, eight straight points from from Drew Holiday as the Wizards would keep it close and we need that steady hand really in this one. Um, but Beal and Bertans uh, would would keep it close with a, with a bank shot and a three from those two respectively. Then Drew would spin around a Wizards defender for, for, for a lane in traffic um, before Russell... Re- Re- Russell Westbrook. I really struggle saying his name. I don't really get why. But Russell Westbrook would get Dante in the air on one of those mid-range jumpers, only converting one of two from the free throw line. I guess one point in this game that I could slow down at was Giannis um, 
Giannis getting getting teed up for arguing a foul call on him. That was really an obvious call, I believed in this case. I don't even um, have written down here um, what the situation went or who or who he fouled. But yeah, just another instance here where you can be a little little annoyed with Giannis uh, getting getting overly aggressive. Um, um, even at times when he's in the wrong. But I'll move past that because another uh, big point in this one, kind of a scary moment here, uh, P.J. Tucker would bump heads with Jeff Teague and um, oddly, uh, P.J. Tucker would be, would get the, would get the brunt of the damage there, have to leave the game and not return. Um, but I think, I think all in all, in the grand scheme of things, he's he's uh, he's okay, but but uh, you know, with the foul trouble that I mentioned in this one in the close game that it was, uh, he was he was sorely missed. Uh, good thing he's he's getting better though. Um, Bobby Portis also provided some contributions in this one. Um, you know, really backing down Bertans. Um, you know, from from the mid post. Uh, Getting Bertans almost all the way under the basket before uh, tossing up a post hook over his former teammate. Um, broadcast there pointing out that Bobby, being a former wizard, um, was uh, was smart to to find his spot and uh, and take care of business when he's when he's able to recognize he may have an advantage. But Robin Lopez, ironically a former Buck himself. Um, would would do would kind of do the same to to Bobby Portis as Portis would uh, there be overmatched by Robin on the other end. Um, Bryn Forbes with uh, with some contributions off the bench as well, uh, sinking a huge floater over over the trees and Robin Lopez um, before uh, Drew Holiday would uh, would drain a mid ranger to close the third quarter. To start the fourth, um, we'd see another offensive foul on Giannis for one of his his many fouls. Giannis would eventually foul out, but it was it was quite late late in this game. Um, you know, after uh, Russell would would knock down back to back baskets, including a, a bank shot and a drive. Uh, we'd then see a soft foul call um, against. Uh, Bryn Forbes on Russell Westbrook, um, you know, obviously quite a size disparity there, but um, Bryn Forbes would would still get whistled on the soft foul, um, but Giannis would would finish twice in a row over um, over a Robin Lopez and a Garrison Matthews. Uh, Bucks went on an eight to zero run from about the eight thirty to seven minute mark in the fourth quarter um, for. Uh, Bradley Beal and Brooke Lopez would each be sent to the line, um, and and then uh, Brooke Brooke would also get whistled for for a rare uh, offensive three seconds. Must have fell asleep there underneath the basket, not doing the cleaning cleaning that he does, uh, making contact with the opposing players to reset his uh, offensive three second ticker. But uh, Bryn Forbes would sink a three before the Wizards would go on an eight to zero run themselves from the six to the five minute mark. And we would see, see, really where the Bucks' uh, foul calls would rear, rear their ugly heads, and Dante would foul out, and Brooke Lopez would also sit down uh, close to the same time at around the five-minute mark. Um, luckily, as I mentioned, we'd see uh, Pat Connaughton show up, being, you know, showing showing that he's more reliable than than. Some may give him credit for off the bench, stopping a Raul, Net- Raul Neto uh, in transition, not being whistled for a foul, even though uh, that situation often favor that situation often favors the offensive player uh, getting downhill with a head of steam. Defense coming from behind, but Pat Connaughton would 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 do a good job as he could there contesting without fouling. He maybe got. Um, Got uh, Neto a bit with the lower body, but he kept his hands hands straight up there, um, really dare, daring the refs to blow the whistle on a um, would have been a soft follow call, but but their whistle might have been a little tired at that point. Uh, Daniel Gafford 
someone of note they're acquired um, during the trade deadline by the Wizards um, for a Troy Brown Jr. who many thought um, did not get as much run as he deserved with the Wizards but uh, Gafford has been huge for Washington um, providing some additional size um, after Robin Lopez at that center spot and ESPN's Bobby Marks noted that Gafford may be maybe one of the best pickups uh, from the trade deadline. Um, so good on the Wizards there. Um, Gathered, uh, Gafford, a real young, spry, yet big and strong, uh, young big with a, with, uh, with a promising future. But uh, yeah, he would finish the dump off from Beal before uh, Giannis would kick it himself to Bryn Forbes uh, before sinking a three and then Giannis would foul out. But again, it was quite late in this one. Um, and late as it was, this was really, um, if I haven't given enough <laughs> enough praise to uh, Pat Connaughton at this point, this was kind of the the biggest Pat Connaughton moment of, of the week, sinking back-to-back threes late with, um, with a depleted active roster at this point in the in the Bucks, um, Bradley Beal would have something to say about it with a three himself. Um, but um, Drew and Pat Connaughton would also uh, jump out of the gym, blocking blocking the big Daniel Gafford, whom we just praised um, for his size and strength. But but both the guys, uh, strong and athletic in their own rights, um, really stifling the tower there in Daniel Gafford before. Uh, Brooke Lopez, our mountain of man, splash mountain of a man that is, uh, with a big uh, put-back dunk um, to, to seal the game even before Bradley Beal would, would sink another three uh, himself. But Bucks take it home by one, 135 to 134. Huge scoring output, as always, in a Wizards game. But all without Chris Middleton and... Uh, some of our main guys uh, due to foul trouble late. All right. Now, clearly we have a full slate here. Um, you know, we cover the lead in both of the both of the back-to-back games uh, against the Brooklyn Nets and also um, persevering through what really should have been a schedule loss for the Bucks in the second night of a back-to-back against against the Wizards with um, with Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal, two huge stars in today's game. Um, so Bucks fans obviously felt pretty good going into the last game of the week here against the um, the Houston Rockets. Obviously, on on paper. You wouldn't just want to write off the Houston Rockets giving our last contest and and the Branding Jennings esque uh, outburst by uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, but Kevin Porter Jr. was one of the many uh, Houston Rockets not active in this one. Uh, in fact, only eight active Houston Rockets for this match, as the Bucks were largely completely healthy getting Chris Middleton back and having Drew, Dante, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke all together again for the last game of the week, whereas the Rockets starters were a familiar friend and DJ Augustine had a good game. That was pleasant to see, uh, given that we were able to take it home. Um, And then (laughs) Daquan Jeffries, whom I've praised uh, a lot, um, back to when we had a had a match earlier in the year against the Sacramento Kings, whom Jeffries was with before. K.J. Martin, Kenyon Martin Jr., um, obviously son of former All-Star and in uh, Kenyon Martin, <laughs> of course. Um, K.J. Uh, <laughs> is is kind of kind of funny. K.J.'s made headlines in this one, but for for all the wrong reasons as. Uh, Brooke trolled him on well, it was really unfortunate for KJ because he, he had he had a, an insanely impressive game. Um, he's he's kind of known as as one of the most athletic 
Uh, young guys in this league, he's he's blocked and postered uh, some really big names, including uh, Rudy Gobert, but others that aren't quite coming uh, coming to the top of my head at this point. But um, Brooke, I don't even know what, which point in the game this was. It looks like about halfway through this action. The action. Um, Brooke Lopez, as I as I mentioned, as as the Brooke stand. Um, would would dribble from from the corner three point line um, off the dribble and dunk on multiple Houston Rockets, one of which being uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. Really impressively contorting his body to do so, which which is nice nice to see from Brooke. He's really playing some some of the Bucks the best basketball that uh, he has for the Bucks. Um, as Bucks fans are are understandably. Uh, nervous about what Brooks' eventual seemingly decline might mean for for this franchise with our limited flexibility, and obviously um, Giannis being someone that I've talked about being hard to um, find a running mate with him. Um, you know, because there has to be a precise fit to to really allow enough space for. For Giannis to operate, but Brooke also uh, being able to to hold down the fort so Giannis can can do the, do his freaking freaky things um, and help defenses. I mean, as much as I talk about it, I think is one of the most underrated aspects of this Bucks team. But <laughs> what I what I'm really trying to get to here is after that Brooke poster, um, KJ would would then put put Brooke on a poster as well as KJ had like three or four dunks, including six threes in this game for the Houston Rockets. And on, and on that specific block, um, he would spook Brooke Lopez, uh, flinching and flailing, nearly taking out, um, nearly taking out a, a Bucks player in reaction to being spooked by Kenny Martin Jr. Flexing on, on the former all-star Brooke Lopez, um, and from there, all of them, all of NBA Twitter, and especially uh, our NBA, would would have their fun clowning KJ Martin, despite perhaps a career night for him. Um, Brooke also would have the first six points for the Bucks, including a lob from Giannis, and those uh, those first six points would be um, would culminate to. 14,000 career points for Brooke Lopez. So um, despite the Bucks really easing up on defense after after a hot start and a 6-0 run uh, from the Rockets, um, you know, the Rockets would, I mean, yeah, like right here at halftime, the, the Rockets were only down by one at half with their, you know, even not the most impressive roster, as one of the worst teams in basketball, even if they were healthy, but unhealthy, but being unhealthy and being within within a point from from the Bucks during this hot week, um, really a testament to the Houston Rockets. Um, I don't want to take away credit from them and KJ, but it really seemed like seemed like the Bucks um, were just playing down to their opponents in many ways, having having a season high 14 turnovers uh for the first half so bucks really doing it to themselves a lot too keeping the rockets into it um then in the second half of course starting with the with the funny headline of the game of the brook poster followed by um kj po- uh dunking on brook and scaring him um the bucks would would tighten up a bit in the second half and make sure that they at least uh, take home the victory. But yeah, overall, not not really that impressed by the Bucks here, even though they win one forty one to one thirty three. Um, really, the biggest takeaway there is is them allowing <laughs> allowing the um, the Rockets to put up one thirty three with their depleted roster. Um, you know, probably because of those turnovers. Also, the six threes from KJ uh, Martin, but it's also kind of funny. 
um, not to belabor this point, but that Brooke and Brooke and KJ battle all in good fun persisted all throughout the second half too, as, as in garbage time, well, not even really garbage time because it was a close, but late in this one with not, a, not a lot of time for Giannis, but, um, our other, our other starters mainly stayed in, uh, to close this game. And KJ tried to dunk on, on Brooke Lopez on like three separate occasions late in the fourth quarter, but Brooke would block him three times in quick succession late to close it out. 141, 133 bucks final. And Brooke Lopez with 24 points. Um, I think he was seven of eight from the field too, nearly perfect, uh, from the field. Naturally, not too much else to say with that game as the as the Bucks close out an entirely winning week. And then, lastly, I just wanted to share a little bit of news for the Bucks as they are signing uh, guard Elijah Bryant from Maccabi Tel Aviv to a two year deal. Um, don't get too excited about that two year deal aspect because really all that probably means is I haven't even seen these details, but I'm just. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing from what I've seen before. You know, rest of the season. It's probably a rest of the season contract with a, with a partial or non guarantee for next season. So, we may we may not even see him next year at all. But uh, Elijah Bryant did um, play on, play for the Bucks summer league team, uh, a couple summers ago, including a 31 point outburst over, over the Wolves summer league team, um, and then he's. He's been uh, right around a 40, 40% shooter from the three point from the three point line and scoring around ten points per game for for a uh, well renowned Euro team with with a number of former NBA players and Quincy Quincy AC uh, Tarek Black uh, Tyler Dorsey uh, he was a teammate of Wizards rookie uh, now Wizards rookie uh, but last season. Uh, Elijah Bryant was a teammate of Denny Abdia, and oh, and uh, this season as well, um, Bryant was starting alongside a former Milwaukee Buck Dragon Bender as as well with Maccabi Tel Aviv. So, uh, as you can tell, I was really talking myself in, into <laughs> into this guy as a as I guess a. I mean, can I even say 15th man on this roster? But he looks, from the highlights that I've seen, he, he looks to be a really impressive offensive player. Um, real three-level scorer. Um, gosh, I should really stop myself from saying this, but I'm not. Um, when I was watching his highlights, just, just yeah, his 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 shot-making ability from, from all three levels, uh, not overwhelming athleticism, but a little bit of shiftiness and nice control of pace uh, with the ball in his hand and sufficient handle really reminded me of a, um, let's say, 15th man version of Chris Middleton almost. I was trying to think of like specific comps for him, but that's oddly what came to mind after uh, nearly an hour this morning of watching uh, Bryant highlights with Maccabi uh, Tel Aviv. So... Um, Obviously, he'll be playing a much smaller role, if one at all, for the Bucks. Um, I mean, yeah, we have like what two weeks left in this season, so we're really not going to see much run from him at all, and definitely not in any me- meaningful games. So, um, I guess I should temper not only my listeners but my own excitement for Elijah Bryant, but. Still, we all know that the Milwaukee Bucks have limited flexibility moving forward, and we really, uh, it would really behoove us to fit, to hit on guys like this on the margins to see if see if they can blow up at all. But you know, we've seen plenty of other guys and um, DJ Wilson, Christian Wood, uh, Tory Craig now succeeding on the Suns, um, plenty of other guys who. Who maybe can impress on other teams, just not getting an opportunity with the Bucks. And uh, I think I think if if Bryant does get any run with the Bucks, it, it does really look good for uh, our chances, at least in the short term. So don't get too excited about that. But but it is nice. It is I guess just exciting to see any any Bucks news. Um, honestly, I'm not quite sure how Elijah Bryant fits underneath the hard cap or 
um, underneath the luxury luxury tax threshold, but I also really don't need to. Um, I really don't need to agonize over that at all because we all know that uh, the bucks wouldn't be going into the luxury tax or tax or anything for um, for a fifteenth man. Um, obviously, in order to make room for this, we had to waive uh, Rodion's Kuroks. Um, can't say Bucks fans will be uh, too distraught losing Kuroks only only um, really showing up in five Bucks games, uh, some of which were um, were the ones were probably Bud threw in the towel uh, early on, getting the starters rest in this condensed season or garbage time. And uh, Kuroks also, uh, you, many of us know this, but um, but it's even mentioned in this uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, article on the addition of Elijah Bryant that uh, Kuroks has had some controversy off the court too that that the Bucks don't probably don't have a ton of interest in affiliating themselves with. That is. Um, same day as Kuroks joining the Milwaukee Bucks, him pleading guilty to disorderly conduct from a 2019 arrest in uh, in New York City. I don't think we really need to touch on any more details with that, but uh, the Google machine's probably available to any listeners out there. So with that, I'll I'll wrap it up after um, really exciting exciting uh, week for the Bucks. Um, holding on. Just to summarize, holding on to home court advantage over the Nets and Sixers moving forward, only a half game, um, only a half game behind the Nets, and that's only because the Nets have had uh, one more winning opportunity than the Bucks in the in the wins column and equal equal amount of losses in the loss column. And um, here's to knock on wood a. A uh, victory taking care of business against the Spurs tomorrow to take back that second seed spot. And um, yeah, hopefully with the absence of Harden, we can we can go into the playoffs with that home court advantage um, to help out our odds there. But um, regardless, there would still be a second round uh, matchup against the against the Nets in this case. So really, the the main prize would be that number one seed. But as the Bucks have shown us in the past, that also doesn't uh, necessarily uh, mean mean it's a shoe in for a title anyhow. So um, we also hope that the Bucks continue to be uh, maybe the healthiest team in basketball this season as well. Gosh, I'm knocking on wood here, but um, if you'd like to share um, any other implications with me as far as the playoffs being right around the corner or seating. Uh, you may get at me on Twitter and Instagram at Nuck if you book NBA. U is just the letter U. The rest is as it's uh, the rest is as it sounds. And uh, look curing to watching more Bucks action and sharing sharing my reactions with you next week. And te- until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.